Welcome to the Back 40 Leadership Podcast. This is Michael Vaughn. Today we're bringing you a special message from Ted Miller. This message was a breakout session at the Back 40 Leadership Conference. We had several other breakout sessions from other speakers as well, and those messages will be released in the coming days. Ted Miller is an advisor from Guardian Financial Group. He also served as a lead pastor for 25 years. Ted specializes in helping ministers navigate and set up retirement plans. Even if you don't plan on retiring from ministry, this breakout is still worth a listen because he addresses that very question within the first 10 minutes of his talk. I enjoyed this session, and I think you will too. So without further delay, I bring you Ted Miller. Hey, good morning, and uh, I'm glad that uh, got some group that have, have stayed for this session. And uh, for those uh, that are online, welcome. My name is Ted Miller, Guardian Financial Group, and uh, glad that you're joining us here for the Back 40 Conference in Indiana, Pennsylvania. And uh, it's, a, it's a privilege to be here today. So it's a great opportunity to share and uh, to talk to my friends right here in the room and those of you that are online about something that is a passion of mine. It's become... Uh, a, a passion, and uh, I'll explain that in just a moment. Privileged to have my wife uh, with me uh, traveling on this trip, and uh, thankful for her, and uh, thankful for Pastor Mel here, the leader of Back 40 and Summit Church, that uh, he and I's relationship goes back about 10 years, and uh, to be able to be connected uh, in this way. So thank you, uh, Pastor Mel, for that opportunity and this invitation as well. So I was a uh, pastor and mostly a lead pastor, senior pastor uh, for 25 years. So kind of uh, strange to say senior pastor when uh, that started when I was 22. So uh, you, you're 22 and you're thrust into a ministry environment and uh, went from very quickly from youth pastor to youth and worship uh, pastor to youth and worship and associate pastor to senior pastor. And uh, then there were some of those weird times when, um, and I've actually got some, if anyone remembers what a VHS is, uh, I've got, uh, you know, I've got a couple of VHSs of some strange times where uh, I was the worship leader and the preacher, and uh, the church was growing rapidly, so we did three services on a Sunday morning. So it was just, uh, we, we literally, the praise team music would go from altar music, just as I am, to, uh, you know, back in the day, celebrate Jesus or something. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, we would just, and, and people that were receiving prayer would go to a room and we would start another service. Uh, because in order to be holy and righteous, we had to make sure we had a Sunday night service too. So that's why we had to do those three services uh, in as, as tight of time as uh, it was. But the importance of all of that is just the background that those of you that are online and here, I, I understand. I, I get some things about ministry. And uh, in that, I tell people that it's what you learn after you know it all. <laughs> that can really change your life. And uh, so I've always had a financial mind. I've always kind of thought about numbers and finances and uh, 
would prefer math to grammar, which is interesting that I spent my life preaching, but, uh, but loved math, loved numbers, loved thinking about finances and how that could work together and, and just keeping all of that together for ourselves as a, uh, for our life. I think, uh, you know, I created a family budget that had 57 items, you know, because it was, we were going to make sure that everything had a category and everything had a place and we knew about money. So, you know, if you're watching online, get a budget. If that's the first thing I could say to you is, you know, know what's coming in and know where it's going out and, and make those adjustments. But, uh, you know, the theme of Back 40 is about thriving and, and uh, not just surviving. And so that's what I want to frame the context today in is about not just surviving, but thriving, growing and establishing yourself, being financially fit. So as a minister, if you are a minister of the gospel, the IRS defines that as someone that's got uh, ministry credentials. You are ordained, licensed, or commissioned. Then you have some opportunities uh, when it comes to how you can prepare financially, specifically preparing yourself for retirement. And, and then I know that brings up a debate. Not too long ago, I was in with a group of, of leaders and someone raised their hand and said, you know, what if I don't plan to retire? Okay, you know, great. I'm going to say great question, not a smart question, but a great question. Because one of the dilemmas that's happening in America today is you've got aging pastors that have made no provision for what their future is going to look like. In many of those situations, consequently, they are also in a situation where they live in a church-provided home or a parsonage. So therefore, they have no savings, and if they were to resign that church even, now they're homeless. And it creates a dilemma. Why is that a dilemma? Because the truth is that after a certain amount of time, you, you can lose your effectiveness or you're just not as sharp or you can't think as fast and you can't lead. And then also people that are wanting to step into leadership can't step in and fill those places because you won't allow the next generation. So there's a, there's a passion that when, when God opened this door for me, when the, the season of pastoring had ended in my, in my last church and it was time to make that transition, I was in a stage where uh, people said, what are you going to do? And I was preaching the best sermon that I could. I said, I'm going to rest, I'm going to renew, and I'm going to realign. I mean, I had three R's. You know, I, I didn't, I thought, that sounds good to me. But a couple of weeks into that, uh, I was approached by a group that I had used for my staff at my church to manage our health care. And they came to me and they, I think they paid me a compliment. They said, 
you understood health insurance better than any pastor we've ever worked with. I would have rather been told I preached the best sermon, but they said, you, you got this, and uh, would you like to represent us? So my heart at the time was maybe some missions and maybe some church planting efforts, and I thought, this sounds like something that could help that. Um, and then in that, I began to find out some things about just ministry finances and ministry retirement that begin to open my eyes that caused me to think I should start reading some code. I should start looking at, at rules that are in place. And that's when, again, I discovered it's what you know after you know it all. Because it was in that moment that I realized I would have done some things differently if I would have just known these things. So I want to share today, I want to share what I'm going to call, how do you thrive in that? I want to talk about th three common mistakes that I see that pastors make. And when I, I say pastors, I'll probably say pastors, but you could be leader of a nonprofit ministry, not technically a pastor. You could be a missionary. You could be uh, an evangelist that you have your own 501c3, so I'm going to use that as a, as a broad brush statement. Uh, if I do, I don't just necessarily mean a local church, but if you're, if you're a minister, if you're ordained, let's use the language, if you're ordained, licensed, or commissioned, then there are some opportunities, and there are three mistakes that I think that these people make, and I'm one that made some of these, in fact, probably made all of them, and um, now have to understand how God can redeem, and God can help, and God can work some of those things out. So here's what those three mistakes are, the three things that, that I see that ministers do. Number one is they opt out of Social Security. A minister of the gospel has an opportunity that you can be what, the, what is defined as a conscientious objector, a, a conscientious objector to receiving this Social Security, so therefore you can uh, opt out of receiving that Social Security. The opportunity there is that, that obviously the church doesn't contribute uh, for you there, but then you're not contributing as well because the argument is that, you know, I could probably save that money and do better. And it's, there's some validity to that argument. But the challenge or the problem with that is, is that most ministers don't realize that in opting out of Social Security, you have also opted out of Medicare. I've got a pastor right here that just finished that sentence for me because you became a conscientious objector to all forms of public insurance. And I would question and challenge that the form that is signed, if you really read the form, you, you might not be comfortable signing the form. But the truth is, is that we have a lot of Bible colleges, a lot of things today that they will just hand a new graduate a form and say, sign the form. 
and I've actually encountered a lot of pastors, maybe online, and people that, that they said, well, I didn't really read it, I just signed it. And once you sign that, there's implications for that. And the largest one is that you have eliminated yourself from the Medicare system, and you can have a lot of money saved in retirement, but if you don't have access to adequate, affordable Medicare or medical insurance coverage, a lot of money can go away really quickly. And there are some, some ways and some opportunities and some things, uh, some of what uh, I, w- I'll, I would share in person rather than online, but there are some things that can be thought through and ways of how that can be redeemed, how that can be adjusted, how, how that we can, can work through that. And um, so I, I know if you're online, reach out. I'd love to connect with you and, and help you in those areas if you've made that decision. And uh, if, if, if you make that decision and you go, hey, it's my decision and it was the right one and you'll never convince me otherwise, that's fine. Let's talk about it. You and I can agree to disagree and you can be wrong. Uh, so, but we can, we can work through that. We can, we can develop that plan and, and what God has for your life. And there are, there are things you can do. So the second thing that I see ministers do, uh, credentialed, ordained, licensed ministers, is they do not maximize the housing allowance. As a minister of the gospel with ministry credentials, you have an opportunity to make sure that you are utilizing your housing allowance to its full capacity. There are arguments that are made. There are tax preparation people that will make decisions and give coaching advice. I had a tax preparer person that I uh, trusted, used, and liked, uh, but he had coached me incorrectly about housing allowance as a, as a pastor. So there's, and, and what I refer to is oftentimes there's decisions, there's things about uh, the percentage that can be allowed as a housing allowance. People will go, well, what's the percentage? I've had conversations with church boards that will say, well, it can't be more than this percentage. And then I've had conversations again with my CPA that would say, well, it can't be more than this percentage. But according to the code in our world, your housing allowance can be up to 100% of your income. Let that settle in that it can be up to 100%. How is that determined? Well, it's a three-way test. You have to have a resolution in place. If you will reach out to me, if you're watching online, I can give you a copy of a approved resolution that can make that available for you. You can never make a housing allowance retroactive. 
So what am I saying? You can't pass a resolution on July the 1st of this year and then go back and claim stuff pre-July. It's got to be going forward. That will get you in trouble. So, but you have to have a resolution, a proper resolution in place. That's crucial. That's important. That's necessary. Get the resolution in place. The second one is, what is the fair rental value of your home? What is the fair rental value of the home that you live in? Now, some and many go, well, okay, my home would rent for a thousand or two thousand dollars a month or whatever it is. And they go, well, I guess that's the fair rental value. But the truth is, is that the rental value is actually everything it takes to operate that home. One of the greatest ways I think I can compare it, it would be if your home was an Airbnb every night of the year. Because there, it's, it's your home is being rented, your couch is being rented, your bath towels are being rented. It's your cooking pans are being rented. And so there, that becomes, can become a very large number. The third test is a fair rental value or actual expenses. If you are doing housing allowance correctly, it will and most likely should be your actual expenses. Because your fair rental value number would probably be larger than your actual expenses. So it's what are your actual expenses? Now why is that so important and so crucial? Because according to our tax code, money that is classified as a housing allowance is money that you do not have to pay federal tax on those dollars. In most states, you do not have to pay state tax on those dollars. You only... If you have not opted out, and I would coach you not to, you have to pay Social Security on those dollars. So you are reducing your tax liability on a portion or on potentially all of your income. So maximize housing allowance and reach out. And uh, let me help you know how to do that and, and work through that. The third mistake that I see pastors make is they either don't have or they leave a church-based retirement plan or a church-sponsored retirement plan. What is that church plan called? We are familiar with different types of, church, of retirement plans. Uh, maybe you've used an IRA. Maybe you've used a Roth IRA. Maybe uh, you've worked for a company that had a 401k. Uh, maybe you were a school teacher and you had a 403b. Uh, maybe you worked for a city government and you had a 403b. 403B accounts have numbers on the end of them, one-digit numbers, and it distinguishes. A school teacher oftentimes has a 403B1, 
a city employee has a 403B7, a church-based plan is a 403B9. A lot of times documentation won't have that number at the end of it, but it's crucial, it's important that it has that, in my opinion, because you have an opportunity that if money that is saved for retirement has the classification of 403B9, then that money can be used as a housing allowance in retirement. You have an opportunity to save that money tax deferred, and if it is spent as a housing allowance in retirement, it would be without tax consequences then. So a minister of the gospel, you have an opportunity, if it's done properly, to save that money and spend that money without ever paying taxes on those funds. It's a huge opportunity that we have that is something that the code allows and something that we can do and we can manage, we can work through. And again, you have to just be diligent, go about it in the right way, do it in the right system. So what do you, what do you need to do? What are, what are, how do you need to do that? You need to make sure that you have a 403B9 plan. Let's, let's kind of go through this in reverse. Let's make sure you have one of those. If you're watching online and you want to reach out, just, just reach out, connect uh, with me. The Summit Church here or the Back 40 Network can give you that information, and we can help you get a 403B9 plan established for your church, and uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to worry, you don't have to think, well, what's that going to cost me? Just contact, and uh, we can get that established for you and get that set up properly and, and, and legally for you, and, and then you can begin to utilize some of these opportunities and benefits that are available to you, and we can coach you through all of the different means and things that, that money can be invested and work in that plan. Many people always ask investment questions, and I don't want to dig into that to you that are online because it's a personal conversation, but there's opportunities of how you can invest those funds, do that in a right way, and do it with the right status of those funds. So make sure. A lot of ministers will use a 403B9. They will use a... Um, you might not have realized it was a B9, but they'll use a denominational church plan. Uh, different denominations have different plans. They'll use that church plan. And then when they get to retirement, because the church plan can't meet their retirement needs uh, in the way that it provides income, they'll pull the money out of that church plan and roll it over into an IRA. It's a bad decision. And if you've done that, we can help you. We can address that. And if you don't have access to a denominational plan, 
we can get you one. If you want a better one, we can get you what we think is the best one um, available to you. The second thing with that is housing allowance. Uh, Again, if you'll contact me, I can give you a worksheet that can help you uh, with uh, calculating housing allowanceable expenses and making sure that you are keeping track of what those expenses are. And uh, we can give you a worksheet that you can copy and use that on a, uh, we, I would tell you, use that on a monthly basis. Kind of go through and add up. What was your house payment? What was your taxes, your insurance? What was your utilities? What were things that would be housing allowanceable expenses? And there can be a whole lot more that can be housing allowanceable than what maybe you think. And uh, we can add that up and then help you to establish records so that at the end of the year you have clean records for tax preparation and you can do that legally and correctly and present that uh, and, and know what percentage of your income can be considered housing allowance. That's an easy thing that we wanna help you with. The last one is if you opted out of Social Security in that regard, just contact us. Let us help you know how that can be uh, resolved and addressed. So uh, we have some, uh, a couple of uh, brochures or, or flyers available. And again, if you'll reach out, I'll be happy to email you one. I'm going to give that to, to our people that are immediately in the room. And uh, it goes through some of these same issues and, uh, and challenges. But the, the heart that I have is I want you, I want you, I want all of us to thrive. I want all of us to thrive. Um, I meet too many pastors. Uh, I met one not too long ago that said, you know, my retirement plan is my church. Uh, he was making this statement as he was 81 years old. And he said, you know, the church is going to pay me until I pass away, and then they're going to pay my wife until she passes away. That's a generous decision by a church, and yet it can also be so financially constraining to a church uh, because the particular fellowship that that pastor is in is one that uh, has... Uh, preachers graduating from their college and they need places to go. I mean, they can start churches, yes, but it would be also great if there were some established churches that could say, let's bring you into the fold. Again, if you're the guy that says, or the lady that says, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to save, I'm not ever going to retire, well then, be like Proverbs and be wise and leave an inheritance to your children's children. Uh, I mean, do something. Think beyond yourself. Think for the legacy that could be greater and bigger than, than just your immediate uh, need, your immediate future. So um, questions in the room? I want to, if there's anything, Sure. So if somebody has, uh, they've invested in an IRA, maybe they've got a, a, 
you know, they've invested for years, they've maxed out what they could put in it, and they realize, hey, that's fine, but I don't get the housing benefit in retirement. Um, is there any kind of penalty for moving the IRA over? Uh, like, or do, is there limits on how much you can move over? Like, what does that look like for somebody if they're watching or listening to this and they're like, oh, hey, I've got a, a lump sum that I need to move over to get the housing benefit. What does that look like? Thank you uh, for that question. The, um, and I'll restate again, if you've got IRA monies, uh, there's ways to address that. And so IRAs, you're capped on what you can put in them. The uh, percentage that can be put into a church plan every year is much larger. If you have invested in that IRA from ministry income, and we have to make sure that we have some test and we have some credibility to that statement. So, so what am I saying? I'm saying uh, if, if you were working for XYZ Corporation and you had no ministry income and you invested in an IRA, uh, I will not help you. <laughs> there might be people that will. I will not help you change the status of that money to 403B9. But if we can justify that that is, comes from ministry sources, that money can be rolled over without a tax consequence, and the status can be changed to a 403B9. And there is no limit to the amount that can be rolled over initially and claimed as that. So it's a, I, we could say it this way, you can put the toothpaste back in the tube. Uh, if if need be, and if that would benefit to you. Questions? Anything else in the room? If you're again, if you're watching online, I'm, I'll go ahead and I'll give my contact info. Just email is Ted A Miller at iCloud.com. Ted A Miller at iCloud.com. And if you'll email me, I'd love to love to help you. Can get you free resources. Can get you the same. A flyer that the gentlemen here have have received, and if there's any conversation, I can help you, your church, your staff, uh, your board members. That's what we do, either in in person or in uh, Zoom, and uh, help you understand every. I, I understand when we're dealing with finances, it's it gets personal, and so there's confidentiality and there's personal conversations and things that uh, we can help you with and work through. So. If you enjoy this content, please let us know by rating and reviewing the podcast. You can also contact us at summitpodcasts.church. Remember to share this episode with your friends and on social media. Summit Podcasts can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Thank you for listening to the Back 40 Leadership Podcast, and we will see you in the next episode.